There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Corby Mitlide has been reading since 1973. She has travelled coast to coast and into Canada as a full-time intuitive counsellor and is an inspirational speaker and facilitator. Corby's certifications and affiliations include Certified Tarot Master, Certified Professional Tarot Reader, member of the American Tarot Association and the Tarot Guild, and ordained minister of the Sanctuary of the Beloved. A trained medium and past life specialist, Corby is a featured channel in Robert Schwartz's breakthrough series, Your Soul's Plan, Your Soul's Gift and Your Soul's Love, and is herself the author of Clean Out Your Life Closet, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road and you've got the magic. Who needs a genie? Join Corby and I as she does a real-time tarot reading and a past life recognition for me with astounding results. Lots of laughs and insights for everyone in this conversation. Welcome, Corby, to The Ethical Evolution. It's great to be here. Thanks for asking. You are so welcome. Now, you're joining us all the way from New York. For those people who don't know who you are and what you do, can you go ahead and tell us? Absolutely. Hi, my name is Corby Mitlide. I'm a certified tarot master, past life specialist, psychic medium, channel author, inspirational speaker. I have been reading since I was 18. That's 1973. So basically since Moses was in diapers. <laughs> this is my full-time job. I read between eight, uh, 800 and 1,000 people a year. I take my work seriously. Me, not so much. <laughs> and I knew I would love chatting to you because I, I love, I have a big circle of psychics uh, surrounding me in my life and uh, also have some psychic capabilities myself. So um, I always love connecting with people like yourself. Now, I'm always curious with people who are dabbling in metaphysics and that kind of stuff. How did you get into it? That's the 32nd elevator speech. <laughs> when I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes. And instead of thinking, ooh, that's scary or ha, 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 I thought, and your point is, I knew there was magic in the world. I wanted to go find it. Fast forward to 1973, when I was a senior in high school, working part-time at Spencer Gifts. That was the year Live and Let Die came out, and they had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it because we were all hippies then. You had your elephant <laughs> bell bottoms and your David Crosby fringe jacket and your deck. Yep. Five years later, everyone else had gone on to roller skates and disco balls, but I loved the cards. So I stuck with them. Mm. And, uh, you know, through your journey, and you, you've read so many people. 
have you got any surprises along the way? Like, is there things that have come through where you've gone, whoa, you know, I know you're a psychic, but are there things that surprise you sometimes where you go, I was not expecting that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite stories. Uh, there was a couple I was reading in Kitchener, Ontario, and um, I was using my cards and I pulled a card that is the Three of Pentacles. And for those who don't know tarot, usually that is a card that shows a young man working on a stained glass window in a church. The usual meaning is long-term job or mastery or something like that. But instead, I looked at this couple and blinked and said, I have no idea why I'm telling you this, but I think there's a deconsecrated or abandoned church and you need to open up a cafe bakery there. They looked at each other, they looked at me and they go, oh yeah, we know which one. We've been arguing about it for two years. (laughs) This is why you cannot let your ego get in the way. Because it would say, are you freaking out of your mind? Don't say that. But it was exactly what they needed to hear. Mm, Yeah. And I've had many readings with many people who've been on the show or, or not. And, um, pretty much everything they say is bang on. Like it is, like there's very few that don't hit the mark. What do you say to people who are sceptics? Like those people who are like, like you just, you just all this hoodoo. Like what do you say? I smile. <laughs> I invite them to sit down. And generally I'll nail them. Yep. Um, if they don't want to do that, they just say, Oh, we know you guys all steal money and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think you're trash. I'll go, thank you for sharing. (laughs) You may think that if you wish and turn my back and they get no more of my attention. Mm. Well done. Uh, Now, I'm I'm curious as well because there's there's actually a meaning behind tarot, isn't it? Like when you you pull a card, there's different meanings behind the cards. Do you want to just give us like the cliff notes on, you know, what the principles are when you do a tarot reading? Sure. Tarot. And remember, there are tarot decks and now there are also oracle decks. Mm. Totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Tarot decks have hundreds of years of tradition behind them. A tarot deck will always have 78 cards, 22 majors, and four suits with 14 cards each. And certain things mean certain things most of the time. Oracle decks, on the other hand... I love because it's much more loosey-goosey. Yep. The artist can decide how many um, cards, what the meanings are, and give you some glorious artwork. The key is, remember, the cards themselves are not magic. Mm. They are ink on paper. Mm -hmm. It's a doorway that we intuitives look through, and they give us messages. Sometimes it is bang on to the meaning of the card. And sometimes it is left of center the way it was for the couple in Kitchener. Mm. But there are three cards that you've got to look at the allegory, kids. You absolutely cannot look at it like, oh, my God, that is really going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. The first one is the devil. Mm-hmm. This is not Mr. Horns in a tail. It's not even Jack Nicholson in The Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> it is being bedeviled by something, someone or some situation. Or holding yourself back from your highest and best. The next card is, of course, the tower. It is not doom, gloom, and destruction. What I do is I explain to people, 
that really is more like the imploding sports stadium. Uh, you are not in the United States, so I will not pick a <laughs> baseball team. Uh, but if, all right, what's your local soccer team? The pe- football, the people you love. Oh, let's, let's say the Broncos, yeah? Fine. <laughs> the Broncos want to build a new stadium. They have to blow up the old one first and clear the ground. So that's what that card means. There's going to be change. Things will need to be cleared out, but you can rebuild. And then, of course, there's death. Death does not mean you're going to be hit by a bus on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's death of an old way of life, death of what you've outgrown, or death of what was never you in the first place. But those kinds of cards are why I also tell any professional intuitive, if you're going to read in public, you must have a children's deck. Mm-hmm. Because if you know, Barbara is sitting with me and she's got a little two-year-old muffin on her lap going, Mommy, 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 I've got a card. And she goes, well, you let the kid pull a card, please. And I go, oh, look, muffin. The kid's going to have nightmares. <laughs> oh, I have a cat wisdom deck. And it has things like, don't panic. And it has things like tenderness. Your mommy loves you. <laughs> and the kid can pull a card and she's happy and no nightmares. And then I get back to reading the mother. <laughs> so that's why it's really useful to have a lot of decks when you read. That's fascinating. Um, can I be bold, Corby, and mm-hmm. ask you to do yeah. a reading for us? Absolutely. Now, the way I work is I don't just out there. I look at you and say, what is the most important thing you want to get out of your knowing today? So I know where to go deep dish. Relationship, careers. Don't ask me for the lottery ticket. <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> Sorry, darling. Uh, let's say career. Let's say career. My favorites. Mm-hmm. I used to be an executive recruiter. So now we can look at change jobs, stay where you are, or entrepreneur, which is it for you? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a mix for me because uh, I, I, okay. I have two lives basically. Uh, but uh, I'd like Let's to see. Look at your entrepreneur one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, you knew that, right? Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, a lot of people who are not really skilled will pull three cards and say, wait until January and fire the second redhead. What the hell? <laughs> no. I have a card for you. Do you have any partners in the business or is it just you? Just me. Hard for the energy around the business, the brick and mortar location, how to market it, clients, competition. Do you have any staff? No. Finances, what you need to know, and best possible outcome. Notice I asked about partners and staff because if you did, they'd have their own cards. Okay, so your energy. Baby, you love this work. This is pure glee for you. There's nowhere else around it. Energy around the business. This is a card that says you're going to need to pour all your gold, all the best of you, into the business to fit the mold you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Some people can just devote five, ten hours a week to it, not you. You know better. Mm-hmm. Where to do it? Now, here's another allegory card. The fool card is not the stupid person. It's the exuberant rookie. Mm-hmm. He's got a rose and a hobo bag and a dog, and he's off a cliff allegory when you grab hold of what you're passionate about carry very little old baggage and only tell those who are loyal you can cross mountains and fly so as far as where you do it you have to have some place where you are not apologetic about being there Mm -hmm. and sometimes in 
you know, just a standard office building. You kind of get in and you get out. No, you have to have a place that is absolutely your vibe so that when you walk in, you can feel the studio go, hi, mom. Okay. Yep. How to market what you do. Now, this taught, it's the uh, Knight of Wands, some, uh, it's Prince of Wands, and it talks about things moving very quickly. I also call it the Golden Retriever on Two Feet card, <laughs> meaning that the person who is like this card is just so in the world. He loves it. This is great. Josh, over here. Oh, oh, sorry. Go, go, go. So how you market it is, again, use that glee. There is so much to talk about. There's so many exciting things in the world. Come on, come to us. We'll show you what they are. Your listeners, your clients, they are looking for something that is not what is out there. Mm-hmm. They understand that life is a short-term sacrifice for long-term gains, which is not to say everything is better in heaven, but sometimes you have to eat the spinach first before you get to the cake. Yep. Your competition comes and goes. This is the relocation card. Moving on. Finances for you. I call this the whack-a-mole card. Now, I don't know if you have the game whack-a-mole yep. down under. Yeah. Okay. This is small crisis to small crisis to small crisis to small crisis, but you can beat it all back. Mm-hmm. What you need to know Yes, your heart is going to be broken with this because of how people play with it. Promises that will not be kept. You have to just go, thank you for sharing. You may think that if you wish and keep your eye on the prize. The way a ballerina never loses her spot on the wall so that she can maintain her balance. Final card. You rule, baby. (laughs) This is what you're meant to do. That all makes sense? Absolutely. I love that. That was amazing. Thank you so much. Now, uh, Corby, you're a prolific author as well. Tell us about your books. Well, words are my drug of choice. (laughs) And I write nonfiction. I write from my own life. And the first book, Clean Out Your Life Closet, was a self-help book that kind of was because these are all the subjects that my clients kept asking about. But, you know, self-help books can be really toxic. I remember the first one I read in 1968 when I was 13, and I remember the first paragraph. Judy has a groovy wardrobe. Remember, this is the 60s. Her makeup is fab and her hair is far out. But nobody likes Judy because Judy is fat. Right in that one paragraph, hundreds of thousands of teenage girls were taught, you are freaking worthless. Unless you look the way we tell you. And so books like that do harm. Mm. Um when I was studying how to put together my own book, I noticed there were books that said, yes, you must get up early every morning and do yoga and avoid food with leptin. I'm sorry. If you are uh, a single mom with two school age kids and a job, you are not going to do that. (laughs) So instead I wrote my book. Here's some of the dumb things I did. Maybe a client story. Here are some suggestions, but then Each chapter has what I call the adventure pages, where you have to look at your own life in order to answer the questions. For instance, the chapter, Why Perfect Isn't What You Think It Is. Has perfect been a friend or foe in your life? Why? When did the search for perfection stop you from doing something important? How so? 
Think of the challenging situation and find three perfect things about it. How do your feelings about the situation change? So you find by the end of the book, your own life is all you need to make the changes. You're your own expert, not me. I love that. So you're empowered. Right. Now, the other two books are the psychic stuff. And the second book I wrote because of an incident that I saw in Toronto 18 years ago. Huge there, 250 people. Uh, booths. And there was a woman who was walking down the aisle looking on all of us. And a fake gypsy runs out and grabs her arm. And this is called hooking. And it's as bad as the other kind of hook. <laughs> but the fake gypsy says, oh, you no need to pay 30 dollars $50. I need your palm for 10 Come. Drags the woman behind her curtain. 20 minutes later, we see the woman leaving crying hysterically. We run over to find out what happened. The fake gypsy said, oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four. You have dog. $50 every family member. 25 per dog. He smelled wheat thicks. And told the woman if she didn't burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church. I bless real good. Only one dollar candle. Her entire family was going to die in a car accident in two weeks. And she bought it. Oh. That is why I wrote The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. How to find the real wizards and avoid the flying monkeys. This is not a book that will teach you how to be psychic. Mm. This is a book that shows you good psychic guidance is art and you shouldn't settle for a forgery. How to choose a psychic, what we can do, what we can't, how to stay safe when you shouldn't have a reading. Um, though I will admit, psychics have read this book and laughed hysterically <laughs> at some of the stuff in there and said, God, I wish I had this book when I was starting out. And it's all because of the chapter I wrote about there are times you shouldn't get a reading. Mm. Um, a simple example. My supervisor at work is mean to me. Is she going to get any nicer? No. <laughs> is her supervisor going to make her stop harassing me? No. Is she going to fire me? No. But if she doesn't like people, she fires them. Are you sure she won't fire me? Doesn't appear so in anything I'm seeing. Oh, well, I have a meeting with her tomorrow. Is she going to fire me then or should I quit first? <laughs> Ways. <laughs> wakey, wakey. Um, and if, if you're insane enough to want to do what we do, I wrote a book called You've Got the Magic Who Needs a Genie that has just given out its revised edition because I was on the road 45 weekends a year for 18 years. My nickname was the Travel Channel. Wow. But the universe said, uh, you're done now. And I got a herniated disc and pinched nerve in 2019. Doctor said, no more load in, load out. Uh, you can't be 10 hours in the car. So I shoved everything online within four months. And what happened in 2020, but the years of murder hornet bingo and hold my beer. <laughs> Everybody who was still on circuit tanked. I was just fine. But you know, I have all this knowledge and I'm 68 and I'm not going to be around here a whole bunch longer. The kids need to learn what I learned. So I put everything in the book uh, from how to choose a, uh, a show to do, how to do your booth, how to dress, professionalism, how to talk with clients. But there are also some things in here that I call Corby Gets Candid that you wouldn't find in any kind of a normal book. Now, I always have a sign-in sheet at my table, your name and your birthday and email and is this your first time with me? And I always have you fill it out. And that's because uh, years ago in London, Ontario, I read a young man who did not like what I told him. The next day, I found an anonymous death 
threat on my table. But it was handwriting. We matched it up with my signing sheet, handed it over to the provincial police, and they took care of it. No, just because this is what we do, it's not all glurpy purple with angels, kids. Mm. It's the world out there, and it's crazy dangerous these days. You have to watch your back. Mm. And what do you do in instances where you pick up on something for someone and it's, it's not great news? What do you do? I always say, here's your opportunities and how to grab them. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how to get to order around it. Here's your toolbox. Go rock and roll. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have been through three bouts of breast cancer, two divorces, the death of my parents, rape, poverty, and abuse. And I'm on the other side of it. And it has made me the deeply compassionate, wise woman that I am. Mm. So I'm not going to tell you, oh, it sucks. You're stuck. Because that influences your free will. Mm. I'll tell you everything I see, but then you have to decide what to do with it. Perfect example is the does Bruce love me question, which is 95% of what I get. It will be a card for them, Bruce, the relationship, what they need to know and best possible outcome. And if they go, I still don't know, I'll pull my three threes. Three cards is status quo. You do nothing. You just kind of bumble along. Three cards for the come to Jesus meeting. And you do a line in the sand and it's counseling. Three cards for hostile. Bye-bye. It's been nice, but I'm out of here. Now, I could see on the leave trio, the Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice sign saying, go here. Mm-hmm. But I have to zip it because it's her free will. And if she says, I guess I'll stick it out for a while. That's her choice and I cannot get in the way of it. The only exception is if she says that she's being gaslit or abused. Mm -hmm. And then the reader's turban comes off and my reverend collar goes on and I cancel her on public. Yeah. But that's it. The Mm. rest of it has to be her choice. Absolutely. And, you know, you were touching on there about how to find um, a psychic um, that's suitable for you. Um, And there's, there's an element of your own intuition that has to come into that. Isn't there like yes. you you would yes. know when you sit down with someone, mm, something doesn't quite feel right here. That's one of the reasons that um, I especially teach when you go into an expo mm. and you don't know any of us. I tell you that you have to be good puppies. Mm. First, you do your walkies. And that's where you walk all around and you take a look at us. You don't necessarily have to talk to any of us. Then you get paper trained. You pick up rat cards from all of us for whatever it is that we do. You sit down, you read those, you go back and you talk to us if we're free. Otherwise, talk to our front people. But remember, we hire our front people to say they love us. Mm -hmm. My first front person was my husband's office manager Monday through Friday. Do you think that she's going to dismiss his museum director? Probably not. (laughs) So you want to look for our testimonial books. These are comments. Are we good? Are we kind? Are we funny? Do we have specialties? Would they come back? And the last thing is... Check in at heart level. Mm. If the psychic doesn't feel like they have a brain in their head, they really care about what they're doing or they're not going, you know, they won't give you good information. Don't go there. No matter how cool the wiki will looks on the table. Mm. And if nobody rings your chimes there, leave without a reading. There will be somebody else at another time. I promise. Mm, Absolutely. Now um, you talk about something called a drive by psychic shooting. Do you want to tell us what that is? (laughs) Please. All right. There's a show up here. It's the Long Island Medium. Yes. And so you know about that. Mm -hmm. All right. You see her. (laughs) Excuse me. 
walking into Wegman's supermarket and somebody was feeling up the cantaloupes and she goes, excuse me, you ran Doris? She says, you have a bald tire in the back and you're going to die in a week if you don't get it fixed. Just telling you and walks away. That is so fake. Yeah. Number one, her PR people have to go and scout out all of the Wegmans on Long Island and pick one. Then they interview a lot of people and have them sign legal model releases. Then it's rehearsed six times. Mm. But people who don't know that think that they have a right to just walk up to a perfect stranger and deliver a message. Who died and made them God? Which is why (laughs) I teach my people, you tell this person, no, I don't want to hear it. And if they keep bugging you, you go and you find a store manager and you have them, you know, escorted out because they're harassing you. You have to trust us. But at the same time, um, it can happen even among us. When I'm doing a psychic care, I'm an A-lister. I read open to close. And by the end of the day, I have a neck ache. And I'm usually doing this. And I promise you, some you know, little dancing raccoon is going to come over and go, Hi, I know Reiki. I'll fix it. No, thank you. No, really, I can do this. I'd rather you didn't. Just let me back off. You're not very love and light, are you? Well, you didn't listen. I'm a New Yorker, honey. Don't mess with me. Um, and But it's, you know, these are not bad people. They just are letting their ego trump my free will, Mm. which, again, is why no means no. It means it on a date. It means it in a psychic fair. No means no. Mm. Some people need to check themselves, don't they? (laughs) They do. They do. Now, um, for me, the psychics in my life, um, they're very good friends of mine and uh, quite often I don't necessarily say, hey, can you give me a ring? I'm like, I'm like I'm quite intuitive myself and I like to think that I can trust my gut a lot and I, I have a day job in government where people say I've actually got a crystal ball because half the time I'll, I'll be like, mm, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Uh, <laughs> and it's quite often right. Um, but for me, I use it as like a check-in to sort of like sometimes a sounding board where I go, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen here? Or... Mm-hmm. what's your feel on this when, when sometimes I'm a bit cloudy and I can't get clear? Mm-hmm. People can actually really f- use psychics as a really fundamental, practical part of their life, can't they? They can't. But what I will tell them is I'm not special. You can do what I do. Yeah. I lost a reality show gig because I wouldn't let them lie and say I was so unique nobody could do what I did. Because mm. what I just said is what I've told everybody all my life. Mm. We are all wired like the same house plan. Is your circuit breaker on or off? Yeah. That's the only difference. So, yes. But remember, we are not there to solve all of your life stuff. You know, there is um, some, one of the chapters that I have, and you will laugh because this, this is just so beyond the pale. Um, she wanted to know, should I fire X? Is fire X, if I fire X, is she going to say something bad about me? Should I get rid of my house? If so, what color should I paint it? I need to know if the archangel still wants the income tax department notified of fraudulent activity. And it's like, (laughs) new, new. The archangels don't care. God is not like your best friend who likes you on Monday and doesn't like you on Tuesday because you wore the same skirt they had. 
You know, there are some things that are so absolutely freaking inappropriate for a psychic. Mm. (laughs) People come to me for four things. The everyday tour bus, house, car, job, kids, finances. Okay, God, you put me here. What the hell? Mm. Who was I in 1642, Belgium? I want to speak to my spirit guide, Binky. And I was dead aunt Mabel. That's what they come to me for. Mm. Um, None of those is, does Binky want me to rearrange the furniture? Yeah. Thank you. And you also um, delve into past lives as well, don't you? Love it. It's one of my specialties because when spirit says you're working for me and you take the draft notice, it goes rifling inside to see what you've got, what you're good at. So theater major at Brown University, acted in New York professionally, so I understand characters. Words are my drug of choice, so I'm a writer. I can tell the stories. And I have adored history since I was a wee thing. So you put all that together, you put me next to somebody else who does past lives but doesn't have my historical background and shows the same scene. He will say, well, it's a long skirt and a big hat and it's a very ornate building, so maybe it's 19th century, you know, Europe somewhere. I would see the same thing and go, okay, picture hat, hobble skirt, that kind of ostrich feather on the hat. You're in front of the Brandenburg Gate. This is Berlin in 1911 or 12. But – do not ask me to do spirit art because I cannot draw a stick figure with a sharp pencil and a lot of prayer. Not my wheelhouse. I um I had another guest on the show who uh, took me through a, a past life uh, progression and a, and a future state as well, and it, it was absolutely fascinating. Um, I think from memory, I had at least three past lives. And you think that's all you had? Oh, that's We're just the be- smart enough. It's just the beginning. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now she actually regressed you. Mm. All right. It's important that people understand the difference between regression and retrieval, which mm. is what I do. Regression must only be done by a certified hypnotherapist or past life retrievalist, because if you see something really hard, a death, very traumatic. They know how to pull you out Mm. so you can observe, but not live it. And what I do is much more appropriate for public settings. A woman came to me one day and said, okay, my kid's 29. He won't make any decisions without me. He won't live more than a mile from me. What is going on? So I was able to drop into deep trance really fast. And I went, okay, 1944, Utah beach. So this is D-Day. I'm seeing your son. He's on the beach. He's a soldier. He's taken shrapnel on the leg, and it's pretty bad bleed. You are his commanding officer. So you scramble over the dune. You drag him to safety. You took some shrapnel, too, but you got out of there, and you both lived. And I open my eyes, and she looks at me and says, can you see my rank? I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. She goes, he's called me sergeant since he was three years old, and we never knew where that came from. Oh, that's fascinating. But she did not have to relive the war on the beach. Mm. And I was able to get it down like that. So you can connect with someone. like So you, you'd be able to connect with me and, and see in me uh, a past life that I'd had. But what I do, because we've had hundreds, is I ask you for an obsession, a phobia, a person or a place that you can't understand why it has meaning. And the reason I do that is because I could see an absolutely valid past life. But if it has no resonance for you and you don't need to know about it in this life, 
it's like omega brain does not go in. Mm. And the reason I also don't say necessarily do this just for fun. If you're a janitor in Des Moines, Iowa, and all of a sudden you found out you're with Napoleon, you're really going to want to play with a mop? (laughs) You should only learn about past lives if it helps you here. Mm. And it's, it's funny just on that. Um, I, last year I went to Los Angeles, uh, for a few weeks and when I got there, I had this energy and this feeling that I'd been there before and I'd never been there physically in my life. And I was like, it was like, I knew every street, I knew where to go. I I was like, I felt like I belonged. What's that all about? What's that all about is uh, when you started talking, immediately saw Hollywood in 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, uh, whether you were a writer, a caster, director, something like that, you were behind the camera. But you were also one of the ones that we all know the story of somebody got discovered in a drugstore. So you knew Hollywood, you knew L.A. the way some people know um, their backyard. Yeah. And you loved it. Unfortunately, I am hearing from spirit that you drank yourself to death. I don't know what your booze situation is in this lifetime. Please be careful. Um, But you lived life so that when you went to heaven, you were rode hard, put away wet and wrinkled. You just took it right (laughs) down the road. Well, that all makes sense now. Total sense. (laughs) Does it? Good. See, but that's how fast I get these things and I don't question. I just go, this is what I'm getting. And if it makes sense to you, great. And if it doesn't, I remind people that even the best of us are only 85% accurate. The only one 100% accurate is God, and he doesn't do podcasts. (laughs) Thank you for solving that mystery for me. I feel so much more comfortable now. (laughs) About L.A. or God? Oh, all of the above. (laughs) Oh, Corby, I am loving this. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, get a reading, get your books, find out more, where can they go? Well, they can't avoid me, Bindi. They just can't. <laughs> um, part of the reason you're laughing so much is I have done stand-up comedy about you think it's like it's like <laughs> easy. So, yeah, easy. They can find me at corbymitlide.com. There are over 150 articles there, uh, two dozen different kinds of readings. You can order my books from there. That's all there. You can find me on Pinterest, Instagram, uh, YouTube. And if you want to work directly with me, there's Patreon. So all you need to do is put Corby Midlight in Google and you'll find me all over the place. Amazing. Now, Corby, i got the last big question for you. What's the change uh-huh. you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Well, I'm not going to talk about the American political situation. I have nah. to zip it. But... <laughs> I would love for people to realize that climate change is the thing, you know? Um, You want mankind to be extinct in a hundred years? Live like we're living now. Mm -hmm. We only got one of these. And so it doesn't matter how much money you think you want to make. It doesn't matter uh, whether you think that you in a first world country deserves more than a third world country. Well, it's happening there. It's not happening here. The earth is getting sick of the cockroaches and is doing what she needs to do to get rid of us unless we apologize and work with her. Mm, Absolutely. Well, if uh, a pandemic wasn't enough of a wake up call, (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Colby, I have loved every single second with you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. I had a blast. Thanks for asking me. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's my name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.